Hello, it's David Warrench. Welcome again to the Authentic Dad podcast. Thanks for joining me. Awesome guest today, Shana James, host of the Man Alive podcast. She's also a man coach extraordinaire and hope you listen to this episode because there's chock full of insight. We talk about how to have those scary, vulnerable conversations. She even gives us a script uh, that we can use in uh, guiding us and having those conversations. Really enjoyed it. She's awesome. Please reach out to me, F-U-R-T-H-U-R.coach. That's further.coach. You can email me if you have a recommendation for a guest, if you have any feedback, if you need coaching. This podcast and my coaching is designed to support fathers in living life on their own terms, even even if you're in the thick of it with kids and work and life and optimizing yourself amongst all of the adulting and the chaos. Uh, please consider giving us a five-star review. It always really, really, really helps. And we will see you on the other side. Okay. I'm here with Shana James. For 15 years, she has coached more than a thousand leaders, CEOs, authors, speakers, and people with big visions who step into more powerful um, leadership, start and grow businesses, create more effective teams, increase their impact, get promoted, find love, rekindle spark, create legacy, and become more personally inspired and fulfilled. She also has the best podcast ever, Man Alive, which we can talk about. Competing my, with yours for number one, right? Yeah, right. I mean, seriously, one of my favorites, not to sound too fanboyish, oh, but it's a little starstruck, right? Um, she's like the secret weapon. She cuts through distraction, provides access to your confidence, power, and clarity, and is a translator between women and men, providing effective tools to transform conversations, which I hope we talk about, and dynamics that have gone awry into connection and collaboration. I'm so grateful. Thank you very, very much. Mm -hmm. Happy to be here. Um, I always like to start a little bit of like your story. I know you have a master's in psychology. I know you coach women, but you do focus on, as they say, a man coach. Mm -hmm. How did we land on that? How did we land there? Well, I was planning to work you know, only with women. And then in my 20s, I was part of an intentional community where we were getting messy and getting honest with each other. And uh, two of the guys there felt so much kind of liberation and ease and confidence in themselves as a result of the honesty that we were all, you know, sharing, that they decided to create a course for men called the Authentic Man Program. And so I got to come in as one of the women on the team. So the third day of the program was all about men getting feedback from women. And our job was to be honest in ways that men don't necessarily get feedback, but also loving, or I should say, and loving. <laughs> so not but loving, yeah. um, honest and loving. And so I, it just, it rocked my world. And I, yeah. You know, I really got to spend a lot of time with men in ways that I never had, where I saw the vulnerability and the fear and the, you know, all the humanness that I hadn't gotten a chance to be part of before that. And something really awakened in me. You're like, this is my superpower. Yeah, I kind of had that sense of like, okay, I created a whole series of workshops for women. I mean, you know, there's still, there's still a lot of 
beautiful work for women that happens. But there was something around, you know, when you feel that calling or that sense in you of mm-hmm. like, oh, this is what I'm supposed to be doing somehow. And you've been doing it for 15 years. So I imagine back, back then there wasn't, there's some support for men, but still not nearly as much, I believe, as there are yeah. for women. And I, I can't imagine back then, 15 years ago, at least, not much at all as far as no. and in fact, coaching I think- men. Yeah, I think it was either therapy or the whole pickup world, which mm-hmm. for those who don't know yeah. about it, right? You know, I, the I game. try to see, yeah, the game. I try to see the seed of um, wisdom and beauty and everything. And I think the pickup world was a place for men to go who didn't know what else to do, but it somehow wasn't working with women or they wanted, you know, they wanted to be able to have relationships. And so um, I like kind of being an in-between of, no scripts, no lines, no games, but also, you know, let's get real and get honest and practice and be human together instead of therapy tends, I think therapy is amazing, but you know, sometimes we don't need to go analyze. Sometimes we need to practice. Well, it's a different modality where, Mm -hmm. you know, therapy is healing. The way I see it is healing dysfunction. And if you're coaching men, they might not need to heal dysfunction but they might for example say i need some skills or support and yeah. uh, uh, how to have hard conversations how to relate how to connect and what a gift from um having a coach as, as a woman mm. who can provide that because it is different and, and i imagine some people prefer a man some people prefer a woman i think that's mm-hmm. a very personal choice but i can imagine the insight that a man married to a woman would get from from a, from getting coaching from a woman. Yeah, yeah, it is helpful, not to be too gendered. No, <laughs> no, you know, and I try not to be too gendered either. Though I am a woman who tends to work with men, so it tends to be very heterosexual. But right. um, you know, it, it works for people in general. Hard community, hard conversations, and communication, yeah. and um, and I think it is really great. Like I was working with someone today who gets really frozen in his relationship, and you know, he gave the example of she she asked him to say some nice or appreciative things about her and he froze. Mm. And Mm. so we really got to just slow it down and break it down into what was going on for him in that moment and where did he go and where was he judging himself? And then he could practice with me. So, Mm -hmm. you know, it's not just about like, Oh, we're going to role play and practice. It's more like what happens in those moments where you break down or you, you fall into a wound or a kind of a hole or something and you're not sure how to get out of it and be, connected with your partner or yeah it's like having a really safe place to be curious like why what is what's going on why are you freezing this person yeah. this intimate partner who hopefully is like the most important intimate person in your life and you're freezing and i don't really like, think that's a therapy thing i think that's a coaching thing and, and i think it could be either it, it could be but yeah it could be either one because you know there is that way of you're starting yeah. you're seeing someone who's in front of you usually as someone who's been in your past or that kind of mm. role you know how like we we have mom dad mom mom dad dad whoever the caretakers are right and then we kind of imprint like oh my parent is like this and so then the world is like this and i expect people to be like this so mm-hmm. we get deep into that in coaching sure yeah the, the modeling of 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 the parents and I always, not I always, but I've come to realize that communication, relating connection is an absolute skill Mm -hmm. that we can practice and learn. And they don't teach that in school. 
No. Right. And it's like, where do you go? And a, and B wouldn't the world be a better place if we had oh those skills. So that's why someone like you is so important yes. to, Thank to you. teach, to teach those skills. So I'm sure there's many, many topics that come up. Um, I do want to focus on communication, mm-hmm. um, having scary conversations because every therapist, coach, relationship guru will say, well, that's, you know, people sort of throw that around. Communication is so important. It's the number one thing. Yeah. And it is. And I think implied in that is conscious communication. Yep. yep. And I also think implied in that is the challenge of it sometimes, not always, but a lot of times is these really vulnerable, as we're going to say, scary conversations. So what around that, what kind of comes up in your clients, in your work, as far as you you mentioned one about he freezes up, like what other things do you see coming up? Well, I'm thinking too, I'm thinking about some of the women I've worked with recently where um, they've said things like, you know, I don't, I don't feel connected to my partner. I don't feel his heart or, um, you know, he's been defensive with me and then, okay, then I've been defensive too. Like we're both defensive with each other. Um, I, there are definitely conversations around, you know, we've been married for a long time and our sex life is fading or it feels more like roommates. There are conversations around, I don't feel supported. I don't feel I feel like I'm the only one who's doing all the work. Um, that tends to often comes from a woman's side, but right. it could come from both, right? It tends to be that if we're generalizing, which I don't like to do, but you know, there's often a sense of women feeling alone and not met in the heart or uh, mm-hmm. helped around you know, all the things that need to happen with family and home. And men are often feeling like, why is our love life, you know, the, the romance, why is it fading and mm-hmm. what can I do? Men wanting like a certain energy, a certain passion, maybe certain yeah. type of sex and, yeah. and women saying, well, you, you don't hear me. You don't see me. Maybe we're, I'm not getting yeah. this sort of heart to heart connection, sort of you know, classic dynamics classic. i think yeah those are pretty classic dynamics and so let, well i mean let's just go there right sex obviously i would say sex money children probably the three big ones yeah i'm thinking someone comes uh, for help for support as a coach and and sex is the thing like um it's either not the kind i want or it's not frequent enough or there's mm-hmm. something lacking like what how do you start with someone how do you support yeah. them with that? that's a great question one of one of the men or one of the uh, um, experiences I've had with men is, you know, okay, if the if the sex life is fading, and it's like, okay, it's it's okay, it's not that it doesn't exist at all, but it's lost some of that pizzazz or excitement, or I'm not feeling as connected. You know, there's a man who I've been working with recently where we started to look at, I don't necessarily always start here, but one of the things we, we started to do was look at his desires and his fantasies. I do often actually start, let me preface that. I do often start with desires. I don't always start with fantasies. Right. Um, but it was, it's been really powerful to tap into that more primal part of his mind and body to see, all right, 
do you even know what you would want it to look like? Right. Or, you know, you have a sense you want it to be a little different or a little spicier or what, but all right, what would it look like for real? And then what, how would it feel to generate or lead a conversation? Not that men always have to be the leaders, but if I think anyone who has a desire is the leader in terms of, can I inspire my partner to co-create this with me? Yeah, that, that makes perfect sense, right? Because you say, well, what do you want? I don't know. We well, have to I get wanted, really- I want it to be hotter. Yeah, right. Or, like, what does that mean? Yeah. Right. It's and, so different for every person. And I think for, mm-hmm. for everyone to know what does that look like is so important. So, yeah, so you have to get really, really clear on what it is that you want, not just I want it hotter because what, what does that mean to you? Yeah. And hopefully once you hone that in, then you build in. So let's, so let's say the guy is really, really clear on that. And then you said, well, then we have to work on, not work on, learn how to like sort of co-lead or co-create. Like, how do you do that? Like, yeah. what's, what's the skill or what's, what's, yeah. what's that look like? I mean, it, because it's often... I know we're talking in hypotheticals, but uh, let's say frequency. I don't know. Yeah. Well, the thing I was just thinking is that I tend to work with men who identify as nice guys. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of, you know, I care for her. I do things for her. I take care of her. um, I bring her coffee or I do the dishes and I, I go grocery shopping and all those things. Yeah which is awesome. I, you know, as a single parent in my home, I wish that there was a man or yeah. somebody here doing those things. So thank you, right? For if you're doing those for, for right. your partner. Awesome. And then, um, you know, sometimes there's a hesitation in that nice guy way of, I don't want to rock the boat. I don't want to upset her. I don't yeah. want to say something that she's going to kind of feel freaked out by. And so sometimes we start to look at, all right, well, as, as we start talking about what it might look like, then there's more comfort that comes in or, or, and, or there's, oh, this is why I feel so awkward about this. You know, sometimes mm-hmm. it is going back to when you first started having sexual experiences and a woman rejected you or, mm-hmm. You know, that, so some of that old history comes in as well. Well, there could be shame. There could be, who knows, maybe religious household or like something I know nothing about, as you were saying. Yeah. Maybe the person is very approval seeking as you were sort of then they think, well, if I ask for this, then she might think I'm weird yeah. or she might shut me down or yeah. she might reject me. And I can't have that. I'm right. the good guy nice guy and good nice guys don't ask for these things right i focus on her pleasure which you know is again a beautiful thing but i also want to make sure that you know as a human being you happen to be a man if you're listening to this and you're a dad right Mm -hmm. that you also get to have pleasure you get to receive you get to share in that joy instead of being like a doer right oh i'm gonna do this I'm going to pleasure her, uh, that actually you can start to have experiences where you're, you're feeling her pleasure as much as she is, where you're 
inviting and co-creating, you know, her creating pleasure for you in certain ways. So that gets really exciting. And I wonder if it could even start with baby steps, you know, like oh, instead yes. of, instead of going, you know, for the, for the sex conversation, maybe yeah. um, something a little bit less edgy because someone, and I'm speaking from personal experience yeah. who isn't, used to or skilled or, or wasn't i've learned along the way to to ask have those for, conversations yeah or, or to simply ask for what we need yeah which i think is a skill i've I talked about this really many times on the podcast to start somewhere and then and then build up to you know the thing that's most vulnerable or scary totally, totally. Yeah. brilliant right i mean one of the things that couples don't tend to do is talk about um whether it's for the year or the quarter or mm -hmm. the half year, like what do we want to experience in this time? What do we want to create? How do we want to impact the world? What do we want for our children? Right. It, it seems bizarre and yet I wish it didn't right. to sit down and have more of a contextualizing conversation around what are we doing here? Because you know, we get, many of us get married. I mean, I'm divorced, but many, many people get married or get married again and, or in a relationship. And, yep. you know, there's a, there's a given of, we want to have love. We want to have intimacy. Sometimes we want to have a family. We want to have someone who supports us, but we don't tend to go much deeper than that. So it can be powerful right. to really have a, a conversation of what would make this relationship amazing for you? Which is what so interesting really because don't we do that in every other part of our life? Business. Yeah, we tend to. We, we envision work. our careers. And, yeah. Yeah. Why? Do, and I've heard more and more coaches and, and therapists and friends of mine saying, you know, we're, we're going on a little retreat and we're doing our quarterly, you know, goals. And right. it's a great idea. I don't, I don't do it. I'm so I won't, I won't pretend I do, but I think yeah. it's, I think it's wonderful. And um, to have a vision, to have a plan. Because otherwise, it doesn't have to be that exactly. But if you're not doing anything, the relationship mm -hmm. does fall to the background. Yeah. And instead of being something where, oh, we're considering how to create, you know, a, a, a feeling of affection and support and, and sexiness. I mean, I was listening to an Esther Perel TED mm -hmm. Talk recently, and she was saying like, you can't expect spontaneity to last forever, especially in the bedroom. And, you know, how she, I, I love what she said, something about like, how am I actually turning, how am I turning myself on mm -hmm. instead of how do I get turned on? It's like, how do I turn myself on or how do I, how do I ignite? And if we're having those conversations with our partners, then we get to know them, they get to know us. Um, but if we're not, you know, then, then we're leaving this all to chance in a way. Yes. And I really appreciate what you said about the baby steps. You know, you can talk about affection. You can talk about connection. You can talk about parenting. You can talk about money. You can talk about your home, right? All of these things can be steps toward talking about your sex life. And I don't know how you, what are your thoughts on like scheduling? See, I, I think it's a really good idea, especially if you have kids and there's been a lot said about this because um, to have that container. I'm a fan and it doesn't always feel good and I don't always feel ready, but yeah. when I, when I'm with my partner and there's not an expectation of like, you know, sex has to look like genital stimulation mm -hmm. or sex has to look like we both 
opportunity to actually slow down, get connected, touch each other, whether it's physically or energetically or emotionally, like some way that we're having this deeper layer of connection and where we're, you know, checking out what would be pleasurable for each other. We're giving and we're receiving. I like the idea of scheduling. I know I was in a marriage where he didn't like that and that was not something, he wanted more of the spontaneity and we were younger, so yeah. I can, you know, I get but it. But now that you're old. Now that yeah. I'm old, yeah. I'm like, well, this is what we have to do now. You have a child. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm laughing. So in the beginning, like your podcast, which I love, there's the, the intro is, you know, um, you can't give people scripts. You can't give a man a script because everyone's different. Yeah. And you can't give a tall, thin man, a, a short man's short. pants or whatever you say. <laughs> I'm laughing because I'm, I'm what? can you give me a little bit of a script? Yeah. Like how would I start? How would I get like very general, vulnerable, scary conversation? Like, what, like what's a way in? Could you give us a yeah. little language? Yes. Well, one of the best things I think is to say something like, I would love to have a conversation with you about, mm -hmm. you know, X, Y, Z. Maybe let's just start with something smaller. Like I'd love to have a conversation with you about our year and what. All right. Let's, all right. Let's tell. All right. Let's start. I would like to love to have a conversation with you about, okay. Yeah. Start there. And, and when would be a good time for that? When would be a good time. Right. Cause context is super important. If yeah. you're like changing a diaper, totally. my kids are older, yeah. but you know, I think often I hear people say like, well, I just got shot down and I'm like, well, it's not always the best time to do it right mm -hmm. now. Right? It's not always the time to have the conversation. So always give someone an option of when would be a good time for you. And if you come in with the tone of seriousness and hesitation or apology, mm -hmm. the other person's going to be a little like, whoa, what's going on here? But if you come in you with think, the tone Do you think of, maybe, maybe later we could, yeah. Yeah, maybe of, I, there's a thing I want to talk to you about. I don't know if you're going to like it. Actually, mm -hmm. I hate this, you know, then it, like, we're not yeah. bringing that inspiration. We're, we're instilling the fear. And you're, you're not owning whatever it is that, you're trying to own. Yeah. And I would say, you know, if you are in a place, it's totally okay to have fear. And you could also say, I feel, I feel a little nervous about this and I'd still love to have it. That's fine. Mm -hmm. um, that is coming from a place of, all right, I know I'm a good human being. I trust myself. I, I love myself and I, I'm going to bring some fear or awkwardness into this conversation and that's okay. Versus I'm enacting that fear or awkwardness. And I'm noticing, I think you were talking to yourself there, but I noticed you're using a lot of I statements, right? You're not saying you, 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 you. You're sort of right. owning your, what you want, your experience, I statements rather than you statements, yes. something I had to learn the hard way. Um, <laughs> so I think that's really important. Okay. We all have to learn that one the hard way. To learn so the much hard way. To be like, you're being an asshole. You son of a bitch. Say, yeah. I feel afraid right now, or I feel sad, or I right. feel lonely. So I'm a big fan of these so-called scripts, particularly the nonviolent communication. And I have given yes. my children these skills and oh, they make fun of me, Shana. They make, of they, course well, they do. But they still, I think it still sort of resonates. And I think, although they joke and sarcastic, they still use it. Yep. Sometimes when not appropriate, you know, like, <laughs> like you no, know, 
you know, like, uh, hey, go take out the recycling. You know, I don't, when you told me to take out the recycling, that really hurt my feelings. And what I'm needing is you to not ask me that, you know, like yes. stuff like that, which is really funny. So awesome, but, um, though. I mean, that was going to serve them forever. Sarcastic little fuckers. Yeah. Um, yeah. Jesus. So. Okay, wait, I'm just thinking yeah. of going back to yeah, yeah. like to have this, you know, when would be a good time. Right. And another piece that's really helpful for the setup is the context of yes. why I want to have it that deeper mm -hmm. layer. Because if you say to someone, hey, I want to have a conversation about our sex life, mm -hmm. and you give no context or no why, they start making up stuff in their own head. Mm -hmm. They're not attracted to me. They don't want me anymore. They're disappointed. I'm, I'm a, a horrible person. lover. I'm a horrible yeah. lover, right? Whereas if it's like, you know, I want to have a conversation about our sex life, because I, I read an article and I saw that, you know, there's more pleasure possible than 75% of couples even realize or whatever mm. it may be, whatever <laughs> bit of context or, you know, I actually, I have this sense that there's, we could be closer, right? There's, mm -hmm. there's like, there's more possible for us. And I don't even know what's possible, but I'm having this inkling that there's something to explore here. You know, would you be willing to right. do that with me? right? Then they don't have to start making up their own fear thoughts. Here's where I think it gets hard. And, yeah. and see, see, what we, like, so you do see, hey, I'd like to talk about our sex life. I read this, this and that. And would you be willing to do this? And what if, what if, I'm sure this happens a lot, person says, you know, yeah, I'm not really interested. That's not my thing. Yeah, I think everything's fine. Yeah. And um, either I don't want to talk about that or, yeah, I don't, you know, like the sort of deflating kind of, not shut yeah. down, but doesn't, but not really willing, doesn't meet you there. Yeah. I mean, then I think it's important to go a little bit meta, right? Like mm -hmm. to take a step back and say, all right, who are we to each other? Mm -hmm. You know, I don't believe that we should be trying to get every need met from, you know, our partners. We've, we, we need to take care of ourselves as well. And are we willing to stretch? Mm -hmm. Are we willing to hear from our partners that there's something you want and I am going to try. And even if I'm not willing to do this thing, if right. we can get to the deeper why, there might be some other ways, other paths to get to the same desired outcome. Yeah. Brainstorming, being more creative and also maybe not giving up so easily, <laughs> communicating yeah. that this is really important right. to me, you know, and, Maybe yeah, sometimes kinda, you have to bring the conversation. Kind of keep going with it. Right. And I see men who identify as nice guys be like, okay, well, it made her upset or, you know, she wasn't really that into it. So I'm going to give up. Yeah. And then there's no path forward. Whereas right. if you really are like, hey, actually, I need to talk about this. I am having a need. You know, I need to talk about this. Yeah. And I don't have an attachment to what it's going to look like. But I do mm -hmm. need to be, I do need to have this conversation and I need you to, or I need us to really, you know, look at how are we going to show up with each other or what happens when one of us has a desire, right? There's like the bigger conversation about how we're holding our relationship. What you said so important about having no attachment to outcome, you know, Shana told me to say it this way and I did. And it didn't work and damn it. And so there's that. And there's also sometimes judging, you know, that yeah. there's got judging the other person. There's acceptance seems to be a big yeah. part of this. Well, we should probably say that it's human to get attached to an outcome. Mm -hmm. And the more flexible we can be with 
how something moves forward, uh, you know, the, the easier it can be. Because if we're, if we're hooked on, this is exactly what it needs to look like. If I don't yeah. get that exact thing, then I'm very disappointed. And then there's this rift. Right. That's Whereas, the, right. Yeah. It has like, to look a certain way. Don't be attached to that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. What, um, so this is really good. Like, so how did you, did you learn these skills from coaches that you had or from the authentic you say, Did you learn them in your family? Like, did you learn yeah. them in your family? No. <laughs> I think a lot of people come to coaching and become coaches because their family, um, did not have any of this. Need a little work, need a little work. Yeah. Um, because you've known so, it for a long time. So where, where does, where does one acquire such knowledge? Like what resources would you recommend besides what a coach? Resources? Okay. So what resources? I love the book Undefended Love. It's one of my favorites. Don't know that. Who's that one? Bye. Um, Jet Lyons and Marlene Saris. Hmm. Tell me more. Um, it's such a beautiful book for couples around or just human beings, but you uh-huh. know, around not needing to defend that we tend to try to stick up for parts of our personality or our identity. Yes that we don't actually have to, but you know, there's some shame or some sense of inadequacy. And so one of my examples is like when my ex-husband, there was one time when he told me he didn't think I was being caring enough with all of our friends. And I almost just chopped his head off because I have this identity of like, I am a caretaker. I, you know, if, if I'm not that, then I don't, you, I don't have a right to exist. You are Mrs. Caring. You are a mother. You care. You're the friend. You're the, you're the, exactly. you're the caring. Exactly. So then I would get defensive, you know, in that moment I got defensive and angry and upset. And in this book, it's like, oh, can you really feel the pain of the wound without yeah. needing to defend yourself or prove anything. And where does it go then? Then, then there's vulnerability and there's intimacy and collaboration. And, you know, it's a really beautiful thing. So I think that's, that's one of my favorites. Which is an amazing point because sometimes when you have, even if it's not an argument or disagreement, um, we are not in, you know, in the IFS world, in our, our self, we're talking from these parts and sometimes you have these two parts, these two triggers triggering each other, talking at each other, and it just gets really murky. So if totally. you have that, if you I have, have that awareness, more than two often. Yeah, yeah, ten of them. <laughs> and if you have that awareness and be like, oh, that's my, uh, you know, right. And even going back to the conversation you were saying before, like, oh, I notice there's a part of me. It's really different mm-hmm. to say. I notice there's a part of me that doesn't want to talk about this, mm-hmm. and there's another part of me that you know, I'm willing because we're in a relationship and I want to care for you. That's really different than just giving a a flat out no. Yeah. Willingness is huge. I've been really seeing that willingness Mm. and respect as a foundation to build on in relationship feel really big. And if they're not happening and you're the partner who is being willing and respectful, but your partner isn't, then I believe, you know, it's time to have a conversation about that. That's a challenge. Mm-hmm. You have to decide what you want to do with that. I think. Um, anything else? Any other? So you said undefended love. Undefended um, love. I love. What is it? Fear. Terry Real is amazing. Esther Perel is amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, fierce. Is it fierce love? I think that Terry Real did. Um, I listened to it, and I can't remember if they printed it as a book as well. It was like a um, sounds true audio mm-hmm. series that was. 
incredible and really just gets to the heart of the matter. Terry talks about similar to IFS, like, yeah, which, you know, who, who are you, which part of you are you talking from? Are you talking from your mature adult? Or are you talking from yeah. the child, the wounded child? It seems like most important to all of us to actually practice it. Right. Cause as, as you know, um, I'm a little bit of a junkie in reading these books and podcasts and it's wonderful in, in a way, but you really have to have Practice. to use it in your life. And um, so how, like, let's say it breaks down. Let's say you, 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 you know, you, Shana, you are a coach, you have all these skills. And um, how do you deal with a situation where it just, um, where there's a breakdown doesn't go well. Like, yeah, I, I try to get back to, humility and vulnerability mm -hmm. as fast as possible. Right. Um, I'm not perfect in any way, shape or form. I mean, I did make a commitment to myself after my divorce that I was not going to explode or use disrespectful language mm -hmm. anymore. And so I rarely do that. Um, you know, I think making commitments to ourselves is really powerful and we're also human. So we can't expect ourselves to do anything perfectly. Yeah, that, uh, that's why I brought it up. I don't want anyone to hear this and being like, yeah. you're doing it wrong. You met like, yeah, the last like, argument like even, that I had mm -hmm. with my partner, you know, we, we sat down on the couch and we both had the same idea of like, what, let's share what's vulnerable about this for each of us, right? Like let's, let's actually reveal our hearts so that we can be closer instead of staying in our protection. That's very nice. And it's so nice. Like I can imagine someone saying that to me and how nice that is. Yeah. You kind of, how can you not? How can you not? Yeah, not I mean, and in that moment, we were both kind of like, you know, huffy and <laughs> not really that happy about it, but we were both willing. Right? Like, fine. Fine. And okay, I'm, I'm willing. I'm going to feel everything happening inside of me and the ways that I want to lash out, but I'm committed to not. I'm also um, committed, mm -hmm. right? On the other end, instead of lashing out, I'm also committed to sharing some of that truth for those who tend to hold back and hide it, right? To keep the peace. It's like, okay, I'm also committed to letting you in on what's going on in here instead of just trying to fix it on my own. Yeah. The avoiding and trying to fix it on your own, that has sort of a way of asserting itself sometimes in not a great way. Yeah. Going, going sideways. What um, I've always had and um, sort of complicated relationship with anger like how do you deal you know it's a you know that's probably its own podcast like if, like what do you do with anger like what you personally one one piece on anger uh i would say i try and i didn't realize that i even got angry until mm -hmm. i was like 27 there was a day i was driving oh, wow. and i was like i think i'm angry i just bypassed anger and went to sadness you were totally disconnected from it yeah totally disconnected from my anger and i just got sad a lot and felt really you know down more so now what i try to do so then i went through a phase where mm. i would explode a little bit more now what i try to do is really acknowledge like i'm feeling angry right now and there's a part of me that you know wants to like rip off your head but i'm gonna take a breath yeah. before i actually i'm gonna take some time before i say anything that would be disrespectful or hurtful to you i'm gonna either take a breath or take a walk or do a thing and then i'm gonna communicate about the anger not yeah. from the anger and that usually works it sounds like yeah it tends Most to work pretty well 
And that, you know, there can still be an energetic expression. Like sometimes I do it by myself or I bash. I did this with my kid the other day. Yeah. He was really sad and upset and angry about something. And so we bashed a tissue box and just, oh, nice. you know, hit it on the counter because it was super loud. And then the tissues all come flying out. And you went with, and you didn't go with the pillow. You went with the tissue box. We went with the tissue box because it was there <laughs> in that moment. But, uh, you know, the, the anger, I think when couples have a context with each other of we're going to express anger, but not with blame or shame or attack. Mm -hmm. There are some couples who do a good job of using their bodies and, you know, making noise. And for a lot of couples, that's really weird. And they've yeah. never done anything like that before. And so I think for that, talking about what's upsetting, uh -huh. using your, what you were saying, the nonviolent communication, using I statements can go much better than the attacking and the you. And, and, why, and why not try something weird? Yeah. Maybe, maybe weird it. works better. Yeah. Um, I know you're a very busy person, so I don't want to take up too much of your time. Anything else that we, I mean, you know, you have an entire podcast that um, touches on this and much, much, much more. Yeah. Man Alive, of course, is your podcast. I'll put all of your information. And um, I just want to give a shout out to the dad. Yeah. You're a dad. You're an amazing Thank dad. You. And it is hard. It's hard to... Mm -hmm. Be there for your children and be there for a partner or uh, whoever, you know, a romantic relationship. Be there for your career. Try yeah. to get your health in line. I mean, it, there's a lot to do. So, so many moving parts and so that. many, so many, and adulting these days, there's so many like weird things you have to do that didn't, I was reading an article about this that didn't exist, you know, really? like cleaning out your email bo in, inbox that, that didn't exist. <laughs> didn't exist years ago. 30 years ago. Yeah. Um, yeah. But and so I'm, anyway, I just want to say no. that I, I, I'm, can I say, I love you. I love, I love you dad. Oh. Oh, okay. And thank you for everything you're doing for everyone you're doing it for. And I want you to also know that you get to be taken care of and supported and loved and pleasured and all of that. And, you know, if there's, if there's any breakdowns and I can support you. That's right. If, if you need support, Shana is there. And I don't say this lightly because I am a podcast junkie. Yours is definitely one of the best and please keep going. You Not have awesome. what? You. hundred and. Hundred close sixty, hundred seventy episodes. I think hundred and seventy episodes. So you, yeah, I mean, you were probably one of the pioneers of, of doing this. Um, pioneer, and fifteen but... years, I think you're, you know, you're a masterful coach. Thank, Thank you. you for what you do, and and very grateful, um, to talk to you. Thank and you. And enjoy. And you're in, uh, in Shana's in in Oakland. How's Oakland? I just like to ask. Okay, it's you doing all right? right now, but you know it's quiet. The, the yeah, not as many riots. <laughs> okay, it's a little quieter than it was. We're doing all right. Okay. We're all we're all stuck at home. I mean, nobody's really allowed to go mm -hmm. anywhere. So, one of these days. One of these days, we'll get out of the house. Yeah, Shana James. See you. Thank you very much. See you. And there you have it. That was my conversation with Shana James. Super super helpful information, and I think if practice. You could become the Jedi in your relationship, romantic partnerships, even your friendships. These are skills that we can acquire and learn and ultimately bring more connection and impact and intimacy in your relationships. Appreciate you, Shana. Uh, check out her podcast. It's amazing. It's called Man Alive. Thank you all for listening. I hope you are staying well and healthy and safe. Give us that five-star review. 
Thanks for your support, and we will see you next time.